Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. And today, when you hear who our guest is, you're going to de- go, Jim, wow, you have gone off the deep end. No, no, no. Listen, we brought Hollywood to us today. We've got with us Hunter Sipes. You're like, who's Hunter Sipes? Well, if you are an American Ninja Warrior fan and you've been watching the American Ninja Warrior series, you're going to find out all about Hunter Sipes. He is famous or infamous. I'm not sure which one it is. Someday he will be infamous and famous in the Lord's eyes as he works not only on TV, but with Youth with the Mission. Hunter Sipes, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks. Great to be here today, Jim. We're, we're just going to have some fun here today. Hunter's used to being on TV. This whole radio thing's got him a little freaked out today because there's no, there's no cameras. We should have had somebody here with a camera. You've been much more at ease. Hunter, you've just spent... You, you've just taken the whole season. And how long was the whole American Ninja Warrior season, that you, all the filming that you've been doing? Uh, we started filming the first episode for Orlando was back in early May, I believe. And then we finished um, the end of June. So it was a pretty short filming season. Um, it's all pre-recorded, But they actually started the other episodes earlier, probably around January, February. Wow. Okay. And so you, you, we can't ask. We're not going to ask on the air today how it ends up. You have to tune in. What what channel is that on? Uh, NBC. It's on NBC. So you got to tune into America, or as I'd like to say, American Ninja Warrior. So you got to tune into American Ninja Warrior on NBC. When is when is the next show going to be going to be playing? 
this Monday, August 31st, is the first episode of the Las Vegas National Finals. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's going to be the first stage one will be split up into two episodes because of all the contestants they've got to go through for that. All right, so we're going to step back from American Ninja Warrior and really talk about Hunter's Faith. As you know, if you've listened to I Work Ren before, we always start off with, hey, tell me how Jesus is making a difference in your life. But I want to hear, because I've, I've seen your testimony on YouTube, as you shared, you got to share your testimony as American Ninja Warrior interviewed you and every contestant on why you're there, what you're hoping to accomplish. How did you become a Christ follower? Well, my freshman year of high school, one of my buddies invited me to a youth group, and I and now this, this is up in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, this is up in Wisconsin where I grew up. Um, uh, and I apologize to all those cheeseheads out there. You know, I grew up in Minnesota, so I've got this thing. I'm just going to call it cheesehead. I mean, <laughs> I understand. Even though the Packers are way better than the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All right, so you got to go to youth year. group. Yeah, so I went to this youth group and um, ended up meeting a lot of really great friends there who've always been there for me and still some of my best friends today. And um, I was really just there for the social aspect. I wasn't really following Christ then. I was I was kind of learning about him and um, just hang, hanging out and having a good time and and even through that, like being at the youth group, I was still like at after school or on weekends partying, drinking, getting high or fooling around with girls. And um, it just wasn't really, I don't know, I was just living that total double life. And uh, it wasn't until when I graduated high school, everything kind of hit the fan. Um, I lost my high school sweetheart. I lost my, my parents got a, I didn't lose my parents. They got a divorce and uh, weren't able to help me pay for college. So all my college plans kind of failed. I didn't have enough money saved up to go or anyone to kind of co-sign loans and help me go to that with. And I just wasn't ready to dive into that with everything going on. And then um, I began to look at the Air Force and just like going into the military active duty right away because that's what I ultimately wanted to do long term uh, after I graduated the university. Um, but I had a lot of roadblocks with that because I had asthma when I was a kid. And um, I, over, I overcame asthma. I had played a lot of sports in high school, but um, there was still just a lot of roadblocks with that, paperwork, medical records, you know, when was the last time you used an inhaler and whatnot. And um, so everything just kind of fell apart. And um, I I was just waiting to hear back from the military. All my friends went to school. It was a pretty lonely time. And uh, I was still going back to that youth group, though, when they started back up that first year. All my friends, that first semester, all my friends were in college, and I was just, like, pretty alone. So I, I went back to the youth group because it was the only thing I really had left. And um, was still learning these messages and helping the younger kids like process these messages and, and totally wasn't living myself. And it was just a huge uh, wake-up call. And uh, I, I got a job just to kill time and, and until I heard back from the Air Force. But uh, I just began to go into this severe depression. So, yeah, I was going to this youth group and just living this double life. And uh, everything just kind of fell apart with my parents in college and, and trying to get into the military and uh, just severe depression started to really sink in, and I was really feeling like I didn't have a purpose in life because all my plans had just completely fallen apart right before my eyes, and all my friends were going off and following their dreams and doing everything they wanted to do. And um, the only thing I really had left giving me hope and uh, was the youth group I just kept going back to and helping out there. And um, I just got to the point where I was thinking about committing suicide. Like every day I was at work walking around, stocking shelves, and just like, you know, what what would happen? How would I do it? Who would miss me? Who would care? Like, would it really make a difference? Or do I really have a purpose in this life? And it was just, began to ponder those things. And um, one night I was just, I, I mean, I got to the point where I was like just going home after work and drinking from the bottle and just like partying by myself, sometimes coworkers, but mostly just by myself and just thinking about suicide and, and watching TV, playing video games or whatever. But um. Uh, one night, like, I just had a divine intervention. I just, I, I 
prayed to God. And I was like, God, I know you're real, and I know you have a plan for my life. Whatever it is, I'm ready. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Do whatever you want me to do. I just want to have joy in my life, or I'm going to clock out. And as soon as I said amen, I got a text message from my freshman and sophomore uh, small group leader. And he said, hey, Hunter, God's really had you in my heart lately, and I just wanted to see how you're doing. And at that very moment, I felt like God's presence was in the room, and like he just wrapped me up in his arms and pulled me out of the deepest, darkest hole I'd ever been in. And I knew from that day forward things were going to change. Um, I wasn't instantly perfect. I was still struggling with some things then, and, and even now there's still issues here and there. I mean, nobody's perfect, but um, from that day forward, there was definitely way more light in my life, and, and I'm so grateful for that intervention. It's a great story, and that and that is the the way the Lord works. He just wants us. To, it, it says that if you seek Him, you will find Him, and that's what you got to the point. You just said, "Okay, Lord, if you're real, let's do this." Because I'm done with the playful. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. done playing around. Yeah. So that was how many years ago was that? That was uh, the winter of 2012. Okay. All right. So you bet you're three years past that. Christ has done some amazing things in your life since then. So how is Christ making a difference in your life today? Um. Well, after. I, uh, my friend texted me and intervened. I, I went to visit him and process things with him and asked him what I could do. You know, I just wanted to get away from home and really grow in my faith and I couldn't make healthy decisions there. And I just felt like I needed to go on a faith journey. And, uh, he told me about this missions organization called YWAM or Youth with the Mission, where you do three months of discipleship, healthy accountability, healthy community. And then you spend two months overseas in another country on a missions trip. And I didn't really have any idea what, what missions look like other than building a house in Mexico for a week. That's all I ever really thought of missions as. And so when he said two months in another country, that really got me. And um, so I looked into this program. I didn't really have any money for it, but uh, God God provided everything I needed. And I went and joined this missions program. And that was um, January of 2013. And that's when I really gave my life to Christ and started following Christ on a daily basis. And I knew after that first month in that program that, that that's what I was called to do was travel the world and help people through missions and not like the military, that like I thought it was uh, before my life with Christ. So, how did you get? How did you end up being an America Ninja Warrior? Because that you know, as a missionary, that's not normally a, that's not a normal pathway. Yeah. So, uh, American Ninja Warrior was always something that I, I loved watching as a kid, the ja- original Japanese version, and uh, and then when the American Ninja Warrior came to the to the states and started, I was watching that. And um, one of my mission uh, journeys brought me to Japan. And when I learned about the Japanese people through this trip and um, their high suicide rate and severe depression, I really began to form a heart link with reaching the Japanese people because that was something I could really relate to. And uh, I'd always loved Japanese pop culture and everything growing up. Like I said, I watched the show, the Ninja Warrior show that was Japanese originally. And um, after my, my second trip to Japan, I was like, I just th- was watching the show uh, last summer and was like, you know what? I wonder if I could get on that show and use that as a to gain influence into the Japanese culture by getting into the American Ninja Warrior and hopefully maybe get invited to compete in the Japanese Ninja Warrior and just use that platform um, as a way to to bridge the gap into reaching the lives of the Japanese. And so, okay, now you just let it. So you wondered if you could do it. <laughs> so how did I mean? How did that door open up? That's it's. I mean, how many people try to compete or compete in order to be able to even get onto the show? Yeah, this year... The, with, with CrossFit being so freakishly big across the country, I mean, there's a lot of people that are in incredible shape. Yeah. How did you get to be the guy? Yeah, CrossFit definitely helps with training. Um, there's really no one particular way to train for it. Um, it just happened, like, last summer, like I said, I was watching the show, and uh, with one of my friends, we were in Texas, 
And he was like, hey, you know, this guy has a gym for Ninja Warrior down the street. And I was like, no way. So we went and checked it out. And uh, I was able to do all the obstacles that I, that I want, always wanted to try seeing on TV. And then from then on, it began um, strenuous training and commitment of just training four or five days a week, early mornings, late nights. And um, you have to really be a ninja. You don't get to run the courses or practice on any of the obstacles before they put you up there. You have to adapt to whatever they put before you and overcome it. And um, so there's really no one way to train, but training with like rock climbing or obstacle courses or um, ropes, ropes courses and CrossFit have all definitely helped with training for that. So it gave you a platform to share your faith. I mean, you went on, you went online, they, they did an interview before you went on to the show mm-hmm. that were you able to share on how you got there? You were able to share. I watched, I watched it. You got to talk about your deep depression that Christ rescued you from right on the video. I mean, it was pretty powerful. How how has that video impacted others? Have you gotten some feedback from people? Yeah, I've had some crazy feedback. Um, I was really doing this to gain my influence into the Japanese culture, and I never once thought of what type of influence it might have had here in America or just being on national television. Or, or There's so many great athletes and great stories that actually get on the show, and they only show a very small portion of it. I mean, just filming that one episode was like 12 hours overnight, and um, 115 people, they chose a select handful to actually do features on. So the fact that, that God gave me that opportunity to have that featured interview in that episode was just so crazy. And um, I had so many messages and like emails about people who struggle with depression and saying that like, wow, like you've really given me hope in life. And, and, and I don't know if they were all believers or not, but I was able to just kind of share my faith even more with them and encourage them that like God really is the truth, the way, the truth and the life and uh, has brought me all kinds of overwhelming joy. And like, he wants you to have that too. Uh, there was even a mom who who sent me a picture of her son who had committed suicide, and that was probably the biggest, um, most memorable like reach out to me that that I had uh, after the show. And and uh, she said that she was just really inspired by my story, and that she was uh, right there with me, you know, to see an end to to severe depression and suicide. So that was that was crazy. I never ever expected anything like that. Well, I mean, what a powerful witness you've been given. And you know, and your so your workplace the last several months has been. Preparing for this Ninja Warrior competition, and I mean, how many people I mean, have you had? Standard people you're hanging out with, or has it been a different crowd all the time? Um, with Ninja Warrior, I've pretty much been training mostly on my own. Uh, I've had a few sponsors help me fly to Texas to go back to that Ninja Warrior gym a couple times, and I've got some uh, really good friendships developed at that that uh, gym now. And then I've also just developed relationships just with people who are on the set of the show. And, and now, whenever I travel, I I never really have to get a hotel. I just kind of know people I can hang out with uh, anywhere I go. That's a nice thing to have. Yeah. All right. Now, you said you were well, when you were pictured on the uh, on the Ninja Warrior show. I know the one I saw. You're wearing your American Ninja Warrior shirt, but you also have on the internet a Kingdom Ninja shirt. Yeah, the Kingdom Ninja is uh, something I got from another uh, fellow believer uh, ninja who's in, in Texas, and um, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, I really like this." kingdom ninja thing like i would totally love to represent the kingdom through that you know how, how can i do that and then uh, i came up with a graphic and then i got shirts made and that was it you know i know you probably don't you don't think well this is my situation but i've heard that story so many times where people were sentenced into such a spiral by their divorce of their folks how specifically i mean even with all the the the, the competitors when you're filming and how many conversations did you get to have about your testimony um, I, I was able to share quite a bit. A lot of people 
uh, saw the episode, and then when I met up with other competitors for for later comp- later in the competition, um, there was there was a guy who was like, "Oh, you're the guy with YWAM." I didn't even know how he knew what organization I worked for, but I was just able to really encourage other ninjas, and I I was shocked to find out how many other ninjas on the show were actually wholehearted followers of Christ. It was a uh, it was a big surprise to me. Some of my my all time favorite people I've been watching on TV for the last couple of years now I'm hanging out with. And um, they love Jesus just as much as I do. But the way that the media perceives them is they, they don't give them any credit or anything about their faith. So it was just another huge blessing that NBC, like, portrayed me as, you know, who I really am as a, as a missionary and gave me that that character, I guess you could say. I love that. So your shirt, you've got a Kingdom Ninja shirt that you designed. You were getting ready to talk about that right before we went to break. Yeah, yeah, I've got a Kingdom Ninja shirt. That's what I wore on the course, and I just wanted to do anything I could to represent God and, and my faith in in uh, in this this journey, and um, I got it all approved. I had to submit everything to NBC before I could wear anything, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool, that'll 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 be fine." And so I went ahead, and I, I've had tons and tons of shirts made and sold, and, and tank tops and hats, and it, it's kind of been a way I've been able to help uh, fund my ministry expenses as well. All right, so you've got this really cool shirt. It's helping support your ministry. Let's talk about your ministry because you're a missionary, and like any missionary in today's world, you're raising funds to support what you're doing. So first let's talk about what you're doing, and the phone's just lit up like crazy, just so you want to. Uh, people want to know what you're doing so they can find out how they can support your ministry. First let's talk about Youth with a Mission and where you're, where you're placed right now. So yeah, Youth with a Mission, International um, Inspiring, Equipping, Sending Missions Organization. Um, they have about... 2,000 campuses all around the world. They do all their training and sending in different ministries and about uh, between twenty and 30,000 full-time volunteers all around the world also. And we're all faith-supported. Even the guy who founded the organization is still faith-supported to this day. Um, 20 or 30,000 volunteers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's pretty big. <laughs> we're everywhere. We have, we have um, staff from every single nation in the world also within the organization, so that's pretty cool too. Wow. Okay. So talk to me about what is specifically, though, that you're being called to do. So right now I am currently in the season of training and uh, doing some inspiring and equipping missionaries who want to use sports and fitness as a way to share their faith like I have been doing. Um, We have a discipleship training school like I did originally when I first joined YWAM, and we have a sports and fitness focused one where they do the same discipleship training school requirements, and then we do sports and fitness as like an elective class and prepare them to use that as a way to share their faith. And so this fall I'll be doing that for three months, and then I'll be taking a team of sports and fitness ministers basically to Japan for two months to to do ministry and put on sports camps and coach sports and whatnot. So you said this fall in Japan. Japan's cold. (laughs) Yeah, yep. It's it's not bad. It's kind of like Florida. Kind of, wait a minute! I've seen I've seen people in Japan. I've seen the snow in Japan. They get snow in Japan. I suppose it depends on where you're at. But yeah, the, the Japanese terrain isn't rarely level. So I mean, most of the snow is up in the mountains and okay. whatnot. It doesn't stick very long. All right, so you're going to use you're going to use sports camps, training camps, in order to get access to kids. Yeah. Yep. So there's a there's a church I've been working with in Tokyo, and um, it's a really nice church. They have a full size. Uh, gymnasium above their congregation, but their 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 members' size is actually pretty small. So we're going to do like a sports camp there at the at the church and invite the surrounding community to bring more awareness to the church and help grow the church there. And then also be working at a sports university um, 
teaching English and coaching sports there, building relationships, inviting the university students out to, to be able to share our faith with them. So, but you don't speak Japanese, or do you? I speak a little bit of Japanese, enough to get around, but I can't really share my faith in Japanese yet. Okay. It's a very difficult language. So do they assign you like an interpreter to be able to help share your testimony? I mean, how are you going to train people if you don't speak their language? Well, sports is an international language itself. About 75% of the world plays sports, so we're able to build relationships just through that. And um, a lot of my friends who, who I've partnered with and connected with long-term in Japan they, they all speak Japanese and are able to translate for me. And um, my hope is to move over to Japan long term and in the next couple of years and, and learn Japanese fluently so that I can be doing the full time field work over there. Well, that'd be cool. I mean, it's it, I mean, what a mission. Now, you've got a sweetie up there in we said Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Is she interested in missions full time in J- Japan as well? Um, well, she's going to be your sweetie. She's going to have to be. <laughs> yeah, she's we met in YWAM. We've we spent about a year together and we've been dating a little over two years now, and um, she's going to come to Japan with me this fall, actually in November, for a conference um, for about a two-week trip, and then we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go back in January, so she'll she'll get to experience Japan for the first time then, and I hope she likes it. So you spent some time in Japan for the for American Ninja Warrior, or was that separate from? That was separate. The only things I've ever been to Japan for is missions. I've done three three big missions trips there. Wow. Three times. I mean, like, I'm never going to go to Japan. So three times. So three <laughs> yeah. times to Japan. Yep. And, and did YWAM bring you there all three times? Um, two of the three times I, I went on behalf of YWAM. The first time wasn't, and then that's kind of what uh, inspired me to start networking my YWAM campus with Japan. So I was just trying to figure out. I mean, how do you? I mean, how did the Lord lay it on your heart to go to Japan? I mean, most people think missions. They don't think Asia, and they don't think Japan. Yeah. So I, I mean, like. Yeah, Japan is so overlooked because it's so prosperous. They have a good right. economy usually. I mean, it, it's but it, it really is less than 1% Christian. And when I found that out, I, I never even knew that. Um, but I was selling my motorcycle on Craigslist to fund my missions trip, the very first one I went on. And the guy who bought it paid me double my asking price in efforts of supporting my trip. And from that point on, we became really good friends. And then when I returned from that trip, he told me about this conference in Japan invited me to go because they needed more volunteers and then pretty much paid most of my my whole way there. He paid for my, my flights there and, and most of the conference fees and whatnot. And so just through that divine connection of selling my motorcycle on Craigslist, um, I learned all about J- the, the need for, for ministry in Japan and how Japan has kind of been the missionary graveyard because it's so difficult to reach the people there. It really takes long-term and committed efforts. So, so you're looking to spend the rest of your life there. You said you wanted to teach English. Yeah. And teach sports. Yeah. Which, I mean, you love the sports thing, obviously. Maybe you can create your own new kingdom ninja warrior. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. I want to move there. Hopefully, maybe 2017 would be cool and, and become fluent in the language by the time we have the 2020 Olympics, which is going to be in Tokyo. And so that'll be a great international outreach ministry opportunity. So as right now, your support, I mean, how much money, do, I mean, how much, how short on your support are you currently? And my goal right now, I'm about a thousand dollars a month short. And as my my travel schedule with missions starts, uh, or is already picking up more and more, it would be great to to hit 100 percent budget. Um, selling those Kingdom Ninja shirts have definitely helped a lot. 
That's cool. So a thousand bucks, but you're, it's going to go up. I mean, you're you go to Japan. Living in Japan's way more expensive than living here. Yeah, yeah. To live in Japan full time, I'll probably need to raise about five to six thousand dollars a month, and it just kind of varies um, what language school I'll end up in or which region I'll end up in, and also you know if I if I'm married by then, I won't just be providing for myself anymore. Right? No, you wow. No, it'll be impressive. So the, if Lord really wants you to go, though, He's going to make a providing. He's going to provide for it. How can people support you? Do you have a website where people can go to? I mean, how can people get connected with you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. The Sipe Status um, is my page there. That's my missions and ministry community, um, and also ywamorlando.com forward slash h sipes is just a simple donation page that people can make donations to. Right to my ministry with YWAM. All right, YWAM Orlando. I'm writing it down so I can put it on my Facebook page later. YWAM Orlando. Dot com forward dot slash H Sipes. H Sipes. Hunter Sipes, but just the H. All right, so somebody wants to get involved in helping out Hunter get into that ministry, really the sports ministry in Japan, training people to be the next ninja. Maybe. Do they use swords at all in the Japan Ninja one? Uh, no, no. No, no swords? No swords involved? Intense obstacles. Every, intense obstacles. Well, you know, that's like, okay, you know, I still think you know, swords would make it a lot, lot more fun. <laughs> all right, so when you look back at, at your life, Hunter, and this is a little off task. I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question. When you look back at your life and how the Lord helped, you know, raised you up in Wisconsin, and you look at all the tie-ins. Have you been able to see some of the tie-ins from your life before Christ to your now your life after Christ and how the Lord is using some of that stuff before Christ now? Um, Were you an athlete beforehand? Yeah, yeah. I was I was competing in, in sports uh, all through high school. I ran varsity track and, and played football a little bit and even tried out on the swim team for a little bit just to get some extra off-season training in. And... Um, I never really knew you could use sports as a as a ministry. Like I said earlier, I didn't really know what a mission trip was or what that entailed, other than maybe building a house in Mexico. But um, on my first missions trip to to Southeast Asia, I went to Indonesia for two months, and Ooh. I played a lot of sports there: badminton, volleyball, soccer, basketball. And um, I didn't realize that that was ministry, playing sports with those people, because and then. After playing sports with them, you have that relationship and bond with them. You're able to open up and share about your faith, and so. Um, but how do you bridge those conversations? Because you're not speaking the same language. I mean, Indonesia is seven thousand islands, so there's seven thousand dialects. Seventeen thousand. Excuse me, seventeen thousand islands. Excuse me. So they get all these. I, I always get that messed up. Uh, okay, but there's still a lot of them. So you've got all these different islands, all these different dialects. How do you get that opportunity to share your faith? I mean, because you've spent time with them on the field, they then want to hear from you. Yeah, and and you know we we'll play trades as best we can and share stories that way. But there's always God always has a way of providing the right people at the right time, and I've always had a pretty good translator that's been able to help me share uh, what God has done in my life. Well, and that's cool. So the Lord's always provided just that right person uh, come alongside you. Hey, Ace did find out it is definitely on eight o'clock Monday night, the thirty first on NBC. You can see Hunter Sipes compete in the America Ninja Warrior, and he's wearing his Kingdom Ninja shirt that, that Rebecca won today. Well, not that one, but one just like it. All right, so you're planning on going to Japan and using really sports training in order to open up that door. Yeah. What people have you you describe Japan as what did you say death to the missionary? No, what did you It's describe? a it's it has a reputation of the missionary graveyard. Missionary graveyard. What is what do they mean by that? So the Japanese culture is so rooted in its tradition, its honor and shame, it takes a very long time for them to 
even uh, you know they, they they can hear the gospel, but most of my friends and, and ministries I've worked with there never really saw their first convert uh, for at least four years of ministering to them. They just it, they they know all about it. They can come to church. Um, even when I was there, I met a guy who was coming to church for a whole year, hadn't accepted Christ yet. He was just wanted to learn more, and it's it's really against the grain to become a Christian because it's not traditional. It's it's just out of the norm. Sometimes their families will make fun of them. Um, families become just embarrassed of them that they are a Christian. And it's just the Japanese people are very, um, very shy and they don't like to openly share their faith either or what they believe in or how they're they very feel private. about things. Yeah, they're very private, very prideful uh, about things as well. And, and they carry a lot of honor and shame with them. So how do you use the fact that they, I mean, I know they hold very high honor and shame. Those are very high honor, and the the shame you know don't shame the family kind of thing. You've seen that in movies. We see that all. We hear that all the time. Now that we have an international culture around the around the globe, how do you use that that focus on honor to bridge to Christ? I mean, you've been there three times. You said on on missions trips. How ha, how have you been able to communicate what Christ has done in your life to relate to their culture? Um, with relating to their culture, I mean, the Japanese culture has so many. Uh, like biblical foundations, I would say. Really? Like they're very like they're very servant hearted. They love helping people. I can't tell you how many times I've been looking at a map at a train station and somebody has totally missed their train just to help me find out where I'm going. They're very servant oriented. Um, you can leave ten thousand dollars sitting on top of a suitcase in the train station and nobody will touch it because it's so shameful. They don't want that shame with them. They want to bring honor to their family. And so they're very respectful, very hospitable. I mean it's like they have everything about the gospel except Jesus. Wow, that would be it. That sounds like that would be a little more difficult. We could use a lot of that honor and shame here in our culture in the United States, but but getting people past so they actually hold honor more as an idol in their lives. I mean, honor is is actually a god to them. Yeah, it, it could be. I think so. Um, they just they're very dedicated to and passionate about like getting good education, good job, and and, and being able to make lots of money. Uh, so it just pr- puts a lot of stress on their lives. So as you train to be a missionary to Japan, how much of your I mean, are you still training for Ninja Warrior now, or you're, you're beyond that because all the filming is all done? How do you stay? I mean, what's your plan? I mean, what kind of uh, athletics are you going to train people in? Because you can go in so many different ways. You mentioned that the church you're partnering with has a gym upstairs, but which I mean. Is it going to be CrossFit-like training? Is it going to be, you know, uh, you know, running on a track kind of track? What kind of training are you going to, you going to try to use to break into people's lives? Um, I like to use speed, strength, and agility, just like conditioning-type training. That's something that will make any athlete better at whatever sport they're doing. You know, cone drills, ladders, footwork, um, plyometrics, all types of stuff. You don't always need a weight Nobody room. knows what plyometrics is. <laughs> okay, so what is that? plyometrics like box jumps I, mean, I don't even know how to explain it but it's it's you don't really need weights it's uh it's like high intensity explosiveness uh weight training body weight training um <laughs> it's like super yoga i've seen i saw yeah. some of your videos i mean what you're doing i mean yoga people just sit quiet but they're using every muscle set you're using every muscle set doing whatever you do going through the the fake ninja stuff as you're preparing to do the ninja stuff yeah yeah so i mean that that type of training uh, we'll make an athlete good at any sport, really. So we just want to help make them better at what it is they want to be better at all so, around. So in the TV world, in the nin- in the filming of Ninja Warrior, and I know we can't talk about how it ends, but how 
do people give you a hard time about your faith at all? I mean, did the, the TV producers, because TV is not really pro-Christ anymore. I mean, do people give you a hard time about your faith? No, not really. I was uh, was so afraid of the persecution that might come with the media and the TV. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people were really pulling for me, even the producers. They, they really liked my story and just how I conquered severe depression, and they knew that it would be inspirational. And then they, they chose me as a feature and shared my whole uh, part of my story on on the they shared a lot of your story yeah, it was yeah it was pretty good it was cool um but then there were so many other ninjas i mean the fellowship was great everybody was really encouraging we even had a, a ninja prayer time and bible study while we were in las vegas for the national finals <laughs> that's a little counter-cultural a prayer bible <laughs> study in las vegas yeah it was great it was great so what was the hardest part about the ninja competition uh, the hardest part was probably the physical part. I mean, the amount of... But you've been training for months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah, I, I discovered a lot of areas I would like to train more in, such as rock climbing. The grip strength is, is king of Ninja Warrior. Um, a, lot of, a lot of rock climbers do very well in the competition, having that, that forearm and grip endurance. It's really just muscular endurance. Um, I cut down my weight 15 to 20 pounds just for Ninja Warrior, so I wasn't carrying around so much weight on the upper body obstacles. But uh, even then, I mean, you really have to have a solid strength-to-weight ratio. That That's the key. Well, you grew up in Wisconsin. There's all kinds of, of cliffs that you can hang on, the, the river valleys. There's all kinds. You just you can free climb. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's never... nothing to climb in Orlando. Yeah. No, there's one really good rock climbing gym in Orlando that I like to go to. But, yeah, in Wisconsin... Um, you never played on the. In the I never really climbed anything in Wisconsin. No, I don't. There's not really any mountains. I grew up in no, there's Central no mountains, Stevens but Point. along along the Saint Croix River, there's all kinds of cliffs. And I used to free climb those things all the time when I was in high school. I wish I would have known about it. I probably would have got into it, but I was I was too busy partying and hanging out with my friends. It I was guess a lot of fun. <laughs> we used we used to go after school all the time. It was only about forty miles from where I lived in the Twin Cities, and we we climbed the cliffs along the rivers all the time. All right, so let's let's talk next because people tuning in right now haven't heard all your story. Repeat a little bit of your testimony so we can talk about how you need to raise some money so you can go share that testimony with people uh, in another country as well as the time you're you're training them in sports. Talk about the power behind your testimony. What what has Christ done in your life? What has He delivered you from? Christ delivered me from severe depression, brought me out of uh, a very empty life of trying to fill myself with. Uh, different things, just drugs, alcohol, uh, girls, and just gave me a deeper purpose in life. And that's what he has commissioned me to do in Japan is is bringing a deeper purpose to the lives of the Japanese people whenever their plans fall apart. They they work their whole life, they study their whole life just to get one job, and then when they don't get that job, they, they feel like they have no value and no purpose anymore, and they have such a high suicide rate there. And so... Suicide's not the answer. I want to use my testimony to to instill purpose and value into others. But you've got the ability to share how you contemplated suicide, though, yeah. many, many, many times, yeah. and, and share that with them. The, the you know, I don't know a lot about the Japanese culture. I don't ever anticipate the Lord will bring me there, but you never know. What what is it about that culture that really intrigues you? Because the Lord doesn't usually send people somewhere where it won't resonate with them. I mean, there's usually something that's a real attraction. What what attracts you about that culture? Um, I guess just being able to really relate to them, um, having felt that emptiness and, and, you know, I thought I had my whole life planned out ahead of me and that it was going to work out. And, and so many of them have their whole life planned out ever since they're a kid and they, they study just to get that one job. Like I was saying earlier, they study their whole life for that one job and then it doesn't work. But, 
I just want to give them a, a, a purpose, you know, when, when it's, give them hope. Well, I want Jesus to give them purpose and hope, but, but through me, obviously, but you know, that, that when those things don't work out, like there's still a plan for their life. And, um, yeah, I just really related to them whenever I found out how, how high the suicide rate there was. And I just, nobody, nobody needs to do that. When you said that night, uh, Lord, I just, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just want an end to the depression. I want, I, I want Jesus. I want an end to this. Did you ever imagine that he would answer that prayer the way he has and put you on TV and give you a celebrity status, quote unquote, so that you could use that for him? Did you ever imagine he would do that? No. And if you watch my feature, I say that too on my feature uh, on Ninja Warrior that, you know, I never imagined all the places I'd be around the world. I've, I've, I'm usually in Asia three times within 12 months and within the next six months, I'll be in Asia and Australia um, a few more times. And so it's just, I never would have thought I'd be traveling the world, having barely any money, but still traveling the world, doing all these crazy things that like the Lord just says, go. I'm like, here I am, send me. And, and um, Ninja Warrior is still like a dream. Like I don't believe it happened because it was all filmed overnight, but God answers prayers, and that was a, that was a huge prayer. You know, there's a huge culture within the American culture of people who love to work out. You know, CrossFit is the latest craze, but there's all kinds of gyms all over the United States of people really working on their bodies to be healthy. What's a word of encouragement you can bring to the Christ followers who are in that culture on how they can make a difference? Yeah, I believe Christ gave us these bodies to use as a tool for his kingdom and that we need to take good care of them, be good stewards of them, and, and working out is great for that. And it enables us to physically go into all the nations and reach, preach the gospel to the unreached people of the world. And uh, we're working in sports and fitness, I mean, some of the most inspirational people and most memorable things that have been said to me were from my coaches or trainers at the gym. And, um, you know, whenever you're training with somebody or working out with somebody, you, you form that bond, that brotherhood, whatever it may be. But beyond working out, a lot of times people like to open up and share about their daily lives with you. So just working at a gym or in, in the sports field, you have such influence into touching the lives personally instead of physically as well. Yeah, when you're spotting, a, you know, 300 pounds and they're, they're bench pressing, you say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. No, I don't want to hear about it. Really? I'm holding 300 pounds over your head. You want to hear about it or not? I'm just kidding. All right, people can find out find you on Facebook. How do they find you on Facebook? The Sipes Status on Facebook. The Sipes Status. Lots more on Hunter Sipes on his website, on YouTube, on American Ninja Warrior, Monday night, August 31st. Hunter, thank you so much. Hey, what'd you learn today about how we can take this city for Christ in your workout place? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact our workout place. Is what we learned today from Hunter Sipes. Hunter decided to just give his life to the Lord and say, listen, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just get me out of where I am. And the Lord said, great. I'm going to take your passion for working out. I'm going to take your passion for life. And I'm going to show you how I can use you in a way you'll never imagine it. And he put him on national television and a testimony that's been seen thousands of times on YouTube. Imagine if you just said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll do it in my workplace. I don't need to have my agenda. I'm just going to do what you want me to do. That's what Hunter Sipes did. You can do the same thing. We all just need to submit to the Lord and say, hey, what can I do for you right where I'm at? And that's really the challenge, to join the I Work For Am Nation and to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Take that challenge. Go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight and join the I Work For Him Nation. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately... 
I work for him. 